Madison likes to pass laws to solve problems, so I have a suggestion. There ought to be a law that says if you have a mayoral debate in Madison, it cannot run longer than two hours. Oh, I like that law. Last night's debate, we're recording today's podcast on, what day is it today? It's Wednesday morning, Scott. (laughs) It's Wednesday morning. We both watched the second mayoral debate last night. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, yeah. At the Central Library. I'm glad I wasn't sitting there. I'm glad I was at home and I could have pizza and a beer while I was watching it. Yes. That made it much more palatable. Yeah. If I had to describe the debate in one word... Long? Yes. (laughs) You read my mind. (laughs) That was a long debate. Now, God bless the... Many, 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 many sponsors who organized the debate. It would have been easier to name who wasn't sponsoring the event. (laughs) You know, what we should do is, I'll say them all, and then maybe I can figure out how to go back and with the software, you know how you speed it up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when you're a drug company and you want to say all the side effects and the ways it can kill you at the end of the ad, you speed that part up so it's... We'll try that. Okay, sounds good. So today on Center Stage, we're going to talk about the second mayoral debate... Who won? Uh, what were the big moments? Uh, what do we think of each candidate? I'm Scott Milfred, the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. Here's the list of debate sponsors really quickly now. Our Wisconsin Revolution, Dane County, the American Civil Liberties Union, the Affordable Housing Action Alliance, Capital Region Advocacy Network for Environmental Sustainability, Family Farm Defenders, the First Unitarian Society Social Justice Ministry, Indivisible Madison, the Peregrine Forum, Madison Area Bus Advocates, Madison Bikes, 350 Madison Climate Action Team. Whew, that's a mouthful. So uh, there, there are six candidates running for mayor in this primary February 19th. Sort of. Sort of six candidates. <laughs> there are six candidates who, who are at these forums and these and these mm. debates. There's Paul Soglin, who is the who is the current mayor, serial mayor of Madison, uh, and he's he's back in the race after he he uh, dropped out earlier this year but decided to run again. Uh, he's been serving for something like 22 years as mayor in stints going back like a half a century. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is mayor a, for life. He is an institution. I don't think it would be too much to say he's an icon, but he also has lost some elections, not just statewide and congressional elections when he's tried for a higher office, but Dave Chislevich did beat him. Yep. Uh, back in the day. 2003, I believe. Of course, he came back and then beat Dave Chislevich, but it's all there. That's right. Where we were seven and a half years ago, there was no Housing First pro- program. We were stuck not being able to adopt a downtown plan. We weren't recognizing the challenges of race and equity. Look at how we have done compared to the rest of the nation. Look at the progress we've made since eight years ago. But there is a long way to go. There are still gaps in disparity. There are still challenges that we can take on. I want to continue this job. I want to finish this job and make sure that when we claim we're a progressive city, we really are. There also are a couple of uh, city councilmen, Mo Cheeks. Mo Cheeks is running, uh, city councilman from the west side of, of, of Madison. It represents a very a diverse district. It includes Ally Drive, 
one of the most troubled neighborhoods in Madison, and Nakoma, one of the toniest neighborhoods in Madison. And he will tell you that two or three times every conversation. <laughs> uh, he's a technology guy, a business guy, and uh, he is also one of two African Americans running. My name is Mo Cheeks, and I love this city. I love Madison. It's an awesome place to live and to raise a family, and yet we all know that that's not true for everyone. In fact, most commonly, it's not true for people that look like me. I'm running for mayor of Madison to directly take on these challenges of this persistent reputation that we've developed as a tale of two cities. I'm running for mayor to ensure that Madison is a more inclusive, more innovative, and more safe place for everyone who chooses to call this place home. The other African American running is uh, Toriana Petaway. She is the city's equity coordinator. My name is Toriana Petaway. I am your next mayor for the city of Madison. And as your racial equity coordinator in the city of Madison running for mayor, one of the things that always gave me this visceral effect, every time I heard the word diversity in this community, I literally had a very negative reaction. As a woman of color in this community, that word does not sit very well with me because it does not carry what it actually means, and it's actually a paper exercise in this community. Why am I running for mayor? Because I want to get away from paper exercises. I'm running for mayor as the only candidate with the experience that can really transform this community with, with real transformative solutions. Another candidate is Satya Rhodes-Conway, who was on the city council for six years and then left, and she's been over at a think tank at the university, a left-leaning think tank. She's kind of the point person dealing with mayors across the country. My name is Satya Rhodes-Conway, and I'm running for mayor here in Madison because everyone should have the opportunity to thrive. And that means that we need to work on a set of critical issues, affordable housing, rapid transit, racial equity, and being prepared for the impacts of climate change, among other things. Raj Shukla is the uh, uh, executive director of the Wisconsin Rivers Alliance and uh, my neighbor. (laughs) Madison, we are what we do. My name is Raj Shukla. I'm the son of immigrants who showed me every day what hard work could mean for your life and who showed me every day what building a strong community could mean for your family and the family of the people that you love. I joined this race as a political newcomer because I feel like right now we are in a moment in history, a moment in history that asks each of us to do all we can to bring this community together and to think bigger, to, to deal with some of the challenges that we're facing. And then we have Nick Hart, a comedian who's just kind of the barstool candidate running a cuz. A cuz. <laughs> because uh, he wants more people to vote. I'm Nick Hart. I'm uh, the comedian who's running. And uh, people have, it's been widely reported that because I'm a comedian that this is a joke. Uh, I take joking very seriously as a comedian. So... It's municipal politics here in Madison that are the joke, and I say that because only 10 to 20% of people in Madison vote in municipal politics. And he thought, hey, I could get some of the bar crowd to vote for me, or I can, you know, I can get 200 signatures. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, and uh, Toriana Petaway did not. Yeah. So uh, just to clarify, she is not going to be on the ballot, Toriana Petaway. She did not get enough 
signatures that was despite all the efforts of the municipal clerk's office to inform her of that problem she uh, has sort of backed off a bit her comment that white supremacy was to blame for her not being allowed to get on the ballot that was kind of ridiculous the issue was her not counting her signatures so what do we think of the debate if you know me you know that I'm kind of a leftist center guy but watching these mayoral debates makes me feel like Rush Limbaugh (laughs) you know because these guys are so far to the left of everything I mean it's refreshing to, you know, at the state level, I'm hearing all these, you know, crazy right-wing ideas about how to run government mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's nice to hear some crazy left-wing ideas from time <laughs> to time. And a lot of these ideas are crazy left-wing ideas. I mean, Paul Soglin seems like the only reasonable person in the room sometimes during these debates because uh, he's actually, you know, done the job before. And it's not just pie-in-the-sky progressivism. For uh, as you know, we have to deal with the real world. That means dealing with the state statutes, which severely tie our hands in so many areas from sustainability and environmental challenges to the kinds of things we want to do in repealing Act 10. And of course now that kind of level of challenge has been escalated to the federal government with what the Trump administration is doing. So the great challenges over the next four years is going to be working out solutions for this city continuing on the great future that we've got, what we've built on, and try and get some accommodation, some future collaboration with the state and the federal agencies. I think his point there was that a lot of the candidates want to talk in at kind of the 40,000 foot um, above the ground conversation about how we create a more, you know, utopian city that works for everyone. But Sagan often would come crashing in and say, oh, well, actually, we get most of our housing money from TIF and the feds and we use private sector partners. So that's where you're going to get your housing money. Or he'd come in and say, oh, well, we're not going to be able to do a RTA, Regional Transit Authority, unless we get federal money in there and state permission. And so he kind of would poo-poo some of the, maybe they're more creative or, or big ideas of the other candidates, just basically kind of saying, hey, if you were mayor and you knew what you're talking about, you'd know that that ain't going to work. Yeah. We got to do it this other way. Now, some of that's just Sagan's always it feels, right. It feels like Sagan would start <laughs> every mind. It's, I think Sagan wants to start <laughs> every sentence with, uh, if you were mayor, you'd understand. <laughs> As I was driving into work today, I was trying to think about who won this debate. And I don't think there was sort of an obvious winner. I thought Soglin, who was seated right in the middle, did a nice job of displaying his knowledge and experience. And then at the end of the debate, he sort of stood up. <laughs> which was kind of a dramatic moment and, you know, said that he wanted to continue the job and he got a little bit fired up. And let me just make one more observation. This city is not racist. The city suffers from problems of racism. But most of the people in this city, the far majority, are good, caring people and they want to join in and collaborate in making a difference. Thank you. So kind of defending his record, I guess, there. But throughout the debate, he could cite lots of things. On the other hand, if we just wanted to tick off these other people, I mean, I think Mo Cheeks is really likable. And he's, and he's raised the most money of anybody. Yeah. Although he's also spent a lot such that Soglin actually has more had more money in his account than 
Cheeks did, I believe, as of the report, latest reporting date. Yeah. But, you know, I don't I didn't hear a lot of specifics from Mo Cheeks. I don't think but, Cheeks has a lot of specifics. I think he has a lot of 40,000 foot ideas. His big uh, phrase was a sense of urgency. And he uses a lot of, um, I don't know, vague or just big phrases, you know, like bridging communities, setting the table, leveraging experiences. But he did he did offer a few things specifically. Like he said he wants more transparency of police data. I like that. That sounds good to me. Uh, why not? Let's know what our police are doing more. We might find out they're doing things that we really like, too. We're never going to find that out, Scott. <laughs> uh he talked about hard work. I think in a Madison debate, when you're gonna, if somebody brings up hard work, that's good. Is that a conservative value? <laughs> I, well, you don't hear Madison people talk about that a lot of time. A lot of times, you hear that tends to be conservatives like to talk about hard work, and uh, liberals like to talk about the difficulties people have yeah. and how they need help. But uh, he did talk about that. He did say he was going to put a point person in the mayor's office to look at policy through an environmental lens. Which Dave Cheslevich did back in the day. <laughs> and it's not it's not exactly a new idea, but And uh, this won't sit good with us. He 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 trumpeted his opposition to police body cameras because Because of the imaginary theory that someday <laughs> the police are going to that ICE agents are gonna troll through hours and hours of body camera footage to try and identify illegal immigrants. Yeah, that's a theoretical argument. What's not theoretical is the very real examples of police cameras catching police doing bad things and then police are punished, or police cameras catching the public doing bad things, and then the public is punished. Yes. And he also said that he wanted to have a college savings account for every kid. I wasn't quite clear on he was going to do that. I don't think he wanted to use tax dollars for that. But, I mean, he had a, you know he had some ideas, and I thought he was, um, like I said, likable. He's very likable. I like Mo. Sachi Rhodes Conway certainly came off as knowledgeable. She's very knowledgeable. She's not as likable, I don't think. No, I, she was... She's a little more just kind of on point. You know, she has she's she's smart and can talk about issues she, in a detailed way. She might know more about policy than Paul Soglin. I'm not sure. She seems to I mean, that seems to be her job nowadays is to understanding understanding urban policy and how cities are managed and, and things like that. So she's very knowledgeable when it comes to that. And she proudly calls herself a wonk. The likability meter, I don't think it's real high for Soglin either. I think I think Satya's is definitely more likable than Soglin. Soglin's at the bottom likability <laughs> chart. <laughs> she seemed like the more um, the the biggest of the big government candidates. There was always something government should be doing, and and there was a hint of maybe more than a hint of dislike when she talked about developers profiting, and when she kind of just. In the, on the conversation of flooding, just sort of dismissed lakefront property owners as if, well, they're rich. They're not the people I care about. Yeah. My progressive Dane meter was was peaking was while tingling. she was talking. But I did like her. Boy, I, I really like how she's on this BART issue, bus rapid transit. Yeah. She seems really attuned to that. And I like that. I think we're overdue for faster, more efficient buses. Absolutely. Another big moment I liked in this debate, but it just was way too brief and Sagan ignored her, was where she made a reference to Chicago's version of Trump. Honestly, the things that's most on my mind right now is the hundreds of thousands of dollars um, that we've given to Chicago's version of Trump. 
for Judge Doyle Square and the just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision that's been made about that site that's wasted millions of dollars for the city. And we'll see if it can be fixed, but uh, that's the thing that I think needs the most fixing. She was referring to the Judge Doyle Square project, claiming that millions of dollars would be wasted. Um, I don't think that's true. But Sagan, that was kind of in her closing comments, and Sagan ignored it. It completely ignored it. <laughs> but if she were to become, you know, let's say she wins the primary and, and Sagan does, and they're the last two, I mean, I think that's an issue then to delve down into because she sounds like she is against that project, even though, you know, that did just get a unanimous vote to try to patch that up. Well, did I mean, I'm in terms of that Judge Doyle Square project, I'm wondering if there's anything that she could do to sort of slow it down since the since they since the agreement they just the vote they they just went through you know kind of pushes the Beitler the the Trump's version of Chicago or Chicago's yeah. version of Trump uh pushes them to, to develop the hotel property faster yeah and then finds a new developer for the other half so i'm wondering if there's anything yeah. that she could even do to to gum that up probably not but you know i think what she's doing is laying out an issue a contrast with Sagan yes Let's talk about Raj. You know, I thought Raj was the sunniest. He is of so candidates. sunny. He is like, <laughs> he is all hope and changey, isn't he? But we have some very tough decisions ahead of us. Housing is not as affordable as it needs to be. Our transit system is broken for too many people in our community. And racial and social divisions can continue to fracture this community. But we are what we do, and we can make a sustainable, equitable, vibrant community for everyone if we commit to working together. There is a little bit of an Obama-esque uh, optimism there that is contagious. I think his problem is nobody knows who he is. Yeah. I think the one thing that Raj talks about that nobody else talks about, which is really um, – which should separate him but doesn't, I don't think, is uh, – Focusing on early child education, you know, I mean, yeah, that, is, that, that, that is one of his talking points that he's always mentioning is, is focusing on, on providing educational uh, and opportunities for young kids before the age of three where you can really make changes in people's lives. He's dreaming big about the city, and I think that's good. He also mentioned hard work, by the way, so I've got to give him credit for that. He also was on this. We got to modernize our zoning code. I thought we already just just redid we just our spent, we spent like zoning code. Twelve years modernizing our zoning code. <laughs> if we do that again, it'll be I you think know twenty thirty. I think that was. I think it was a uh, Cheslevich thing was modernizing okay. the zoning code, and then it kind of went into the into Soglin's administration. All right, so maybe it has been. And eight. now that it's finalized, every time they try and follow the code, the neighborhoods yeah. fight that. Wait a minute, this isn't you know along Monroe Street. All of those yeah. all those four story buildings that go up along. Monroe Street, all yeah. the neighborhood gets it up in a tizzy because even though that's what the zoning called call, code calls for. Uh, the other, uh, the other good point I thought he made. He talked about how with the River Alliance, he's worked with a lot of rural areas. That makes sense because rivers are <laughs> rural areas. Um, really, <laughs> there are a lot of them. Yeah, I think he would be somebody. Even though he uses, um, you know, he talks about growing equitably and using uses a lot of the buzz, lefty buzzwords too. He's actually spent some time outside of the Madison bubble. Yeah, and I think when it comes to collaborations, my guess is he could, that, that sunny personality his could pull some people together. Two more candidates to talk about. Yeah, Nick Hart um, didn't have a lot to say in this debate. He, he doesn't have a lot to say, and when he does say stuff, you know, what's funny is 
for a, sometimes he's good to just you know break it up, break a it up, bit. and you know be a little court gestury. And there was one moment there, which was the one moment I thought he was fairly funny, was where they were talking about bike bike paths, and he brought up an issue nobody else had. What about unicycles? <laughs> I think we continue to cultivate a robust and support culture for bicyclists, with the exception of unicyclists. And uh, you guys are laughing. It's coming. Doesn't your daughter ride a unicycle? Uh, she did. Yeah. Uh, she did. They, were, it, they teach it in school now. Rights for unicyclists. <laughs> in Madison. This debate went on for two and a half hours. Yeah. So does he need to be part of this? No, not really. Um, and I, sometimes he says stuff which I think is actually really dangerous that gets cheers. Like he's, he's got a big thing about how he wants the police department to act like the fire department and mm. only show up when they're called someplace, which... I mean, quite honestly, if you talk to the most police departments, most of the time they interact with the public, it is because there's a police call. Yeah. So that's really all how they're operating already. But also, when you do community policing, you can't do that if you're just sitting in your police station waiting for calls all the time. Yeah. I mean, so and again, when he says this, people cheer and they're like, yeah, get those police off the streets. But yeah. we don't. We don't want we that. We don't want that. No, want, I don't we, think communities would want that either. My neighborhood wouldn't want it on the east side. They like it because of the cops. Otherwise, the high school kids speed down the road. That cops who were on State Street, they know everybody who hangs out on State Street. Yeah. You know, and that's they deflect conflict before it ever starts. They can't do that if they're sitting there in their station waiting for a call. Yeah, totally dismisses community policing, which I thought was a holy grail here in Madison. Yeah. I did like his sort of blues brother esque sweatshirt. I mean, he's kinda like you have a mayoral debate, and you go into a bar and pull a random guy off a bar stool and set him up with the candidates. It's not the worst thing. And he was brief. Toriana Petaway, you know, wasn't asked about and didn't address this whole issue with the um, signatures. She's just one buzzword after another. It's like she, it's like she's got a little glossary of liberal buzzwords and can throw them all together in sentences. But I don't know what she's talking about half the time. She brought up exclusionary zoning, which died on the vine under Chislevitz. So I don't think that's coming back. That's sort of a big government uh, rules on developers. I did like a couple things she said. You know, she was the only one. She talked about uh, getting clergy and corporate sponsors more involved in things, mm -hmm. in, in solving problems in Madison. Church, religious can't solve any problems, Scott. <laughs> Religion is the root of all problems, right? And corporations. And corporations. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Somebody like Satya Rhodes Conway would probably cringe at the idea, at either one of those ideas. But I, I thought, I think that's an underutilized um, resource in Madison. A couple times she said things that normally you wouldn't hear from a cookie-cutter white Madison candidate. She also said 99% of police are decent men and women, but bias is real. Apparently she does a training session with, with officers, officers yeah. on bias, but I don't think we have a white supremacy problem in Madison, much less in the city clerk's office. No. I guess if I had to say who won, I'd probably say Soglin won, not because his performance was all that great, but I didn't feel like anybody else sort of took over the debate or won it, and I, I feel like he's the establishment guy who should probably win, and he just could tick off, any time an issue came up, he could tick off five things the city's done. You know, Salkin sort of represents what, what I'd call the silent majority, and I don't mean that by conservative people. I mean that by people who are not super left on people who are su or super right because he was talking about the you know talking about policing in Madison yeah you know the people who show up for these city council meetings about the police are 
the super righties of the world who think the police can do no wrong ever, right. or the super lefties who think the police are tasked with you know killing people that don't look like them. You know, and the majority of people in Madison have a different perspective from those two people. Yeah. And I think Salkin kind of speaks for that majority of people in Madison. And that's not a right, that's, I think that's a left of center viewpoint. He also is just willing to gruffly stick his head out. So he's like, the lake levels need to come down. Yeah. Now, um, to her credit, Sati Rhodes Conway also said that. But Soglin also, you know, he also said, like, we're, we need more on the issue of hunger. He's like, we need more community gardens. And he basically said, too bad. These people that think it looks unsightly. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. We're going to have more. You know, so he can come in and just, boom. Yeah. And and be decisive and say this is what he's going to do. And I think that's what, even if you don't like him, he's not all that likable. He's decisive. The one knock on Sogland is that he has been around for eight years now. Yeah. And, and like eight years ago, we knew there was a housing issue in Madison. We knew that housing was getting expensive. We knew that we needed more units built. And it hasn't gotten, I mean, we haven't done things to make it much easier to build lots of units of housing yeah. in the city of Madison in the last eight years. Yeah, and as you alluded to earlier, a lot of these other candidates have money. So they are going to have flyers at people's doors. They're going to maybe have a staffer and some volunteers out knocking on doors and really pushing them. So he could be in much more of a fight here than he thinks. I've seen a lot of signs for Raj Shukla out. Yeah. I have not seen any signs for Paul Soglin. And there again, I think Raj could compete but people would need to know who he is. Like, unlike Mo Cheeks or Sati Rhodes Conway, they've been in City Hall, they've been in news stories, they've been on the television with city issues. Raj hasn't. Yeah. He's, he's kind of skipping over all that and just saying, I'm going to run for mayor. So I think that's harder for him. But if he raises a bunch of money and he gets a lot of volunteers to dump, you know, flyers everywhere and get his name out, sure, he could. He can move up. He's him and him and I think him and Mo Cheeks especially have that have that they have that sort of personality where you meet them and you like them immediately. Yeah, Mo's thing that he just had on uh, Facebook where he's walking through the neighborhood talking, very likable, engaging. Yeah, didn't say a whole lot on issues, but you like him. Sogan might be less likable in person than he is on television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I want to mention here, though, because uh, I went back four years ago. There was a primary, and we all know that Scott Resnick survived it with Paul Soglin. Soglin won just over half of the primary votes, almost 12,000 votes. He got 53%. Scott Resnick, who was on the city council, young guy, his name was out there a lot. He sort of embodied the tech sector, the young yeah. tech sector. On his side, he got 23%. My point is... The field wasn't markedly different than now. I would say there are three potential people here who could survive the primary besides Sagan. Mm -hmm. And it's Cheeks, Sachi Rose Conway, and Rod Shukla. Yeah. And if Nick Hart survives the primary, we're all in trouble. Special thanks to Madison City Channel for recording the debate. If you'd like to listen to the whole thing, Go to go.madison.com slash debate. All of the music on our podcast is by Madison's power pop sensation, Tube Tester.